There's power in that drumbeat on a hill above the sea. Power in the voice of us a corner. But it all amounts to nothing. Together we don't sing. Welcome to the Loyal Locals Podcast. I'm your host, Andrew Dyer. Uh, obviously, we have a lot to get to tonight. I know that there's a lot of impatience over uh, the topic of the day, and I assure you we are going to cover every facet of the uh, that smooth diamond that is soccer in San Diego. And to help us uh, polish this up, uh, let me introduce our producer, John Cross. John, how are you doing today? A little overwhelmed, I think, by trying to keep up with all the news of the last 24 to 48 hours here. <laughs> all right. And uh, also joining us is uh, uh, another one of the Bum TV uh, family of, of podcasts and, and, and video and, and content creation. How are you doing? I'm doing great. I'm uh, first away win of the season this past weekend, so uh, second in the table as well. So no, can't I'm, be much Max, better than that. I'm I'm so glad to get you on here, and I, I'm I don't think I introduced you the right way. So that's that's the uh, first uh, mistake of the evening for me. If uh, we want to keep tally, <laughs> uh, Max, are, are we keeping track? <laughs> <laughs> I, I'm so glad to to have you on. Um, tell us uh, real quick about the the podcast that you host. So we do the Bums Breakdown every single week. So basically, we kind of uh, almost review the the last game. Um, I think it's kind of happened in the last week. And then go ahead and kind of look through and preview um, the upcoming game of the weekend, kind of go through um, kind of our predicted lineup, go through the other team's lineup, look at kind of any key matchups. Um, and I think else is kind of interesting about the team we're playing uh, on the upcoming weekend. Awesome, awesome. So uh, I want to kind of just... Uh... Let people know how we're going to uh, tackle the night. So we do have the, the two podcasts. We have the uh, this podcast that you're you're watching right now, the Loyal Locals podcast. Uh, we're going to talk uh, about the the game uh, this last weekend. Talk about what's going on this week. Uh, we have a home game, so all of the details that you're going to need for that home game. We're going to get into all of that on on the uh, the Loyal Locals podcast. Um, in the lounge, we will be joined by a couple of uh, very special guests, uh, the president of the locals, Steve Brockoff, and, um, and uh, okay, John, that's number two. Who else is coming? Jason, Jason, Jason Radcliffe, Radcliffe, our director yes. of communications. Director of communications. So uh, we're going to have uh, a full house, uh, literally uh, a party of five on the lounge, and we are going to dive into the deep end of the uh, news of the day. And I guess before we get into the game, we should acknowledge, John, what, what's what been going on today? Why are you exhausted? What's What's been happening online? <laughs> what hasn't? <laughs> it's been a bit of a roller coaster of emotions today with all the, uh, I think, the ongoing MLS, you know, to San Diego news and just... The, you know, 
this slow parsing of information and getting a little bit from one news source and another news source, or maybe an inside source, you know, and or a quote unquote inside source, and uh, just trying to process it and see how that fits right, right with the oil and whatever this ownership group is, which is by the day looking more and more likely that something is imminent with this MLS group. Um, but those are. Those are all things we're going to tackle quite in detail in the lounge a little bit later, but that's that's the super short abbreviated version. So the lounge is going to be at, at 9 p.m. in about an hour from now. Um, you'll be able to watch it stream on YouTube. And of course, if you're listening tomorrow, later in the week uh, on your podcast app, you'll see it in your feed. Um, I, I think we are... I don't know how much detail we're going to be able to get into, but I think there will be a little bit of fog lifted on some of the, the details of, of all of the anxiety. So uh, I do hope that folks will stick around um, and, and they'll uh, listen to that because it's a, it's a really important conversation. I know this was on Ben and Woods this morning. They did a whole segment on it. Uh, Steve was on Ben and Woods. Uh, and so uh, I hope you stick around because a lot of the voices that are out there on this topic um, are not the ones who are in 109 week in and week out making this supporter group happen. So if you want to hear what the supporters and what the the core of uh, loyal fandom uh, really think about the prospect of MLS uh, setting up shop in our backyard, then stick around and join us. But Max, I'm going to start with you because um, we just had like you said, our first away win, Orange County SC. Was that um, an away in... win? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, up felt, in Irvine. Felt a little bit like a home match. Well, it was uh, uh, well attended, I think, by uh, several people uh, on this podcast. And uh, can you just, I mean, I know you do a breakdown show. You've got your, your tactical show. Um, but I'm asking you to, to fly down closer to the ground. I know you you fly high, but come on down and, and tell us what was going <laughs> on uh, in Orange County Saturday. It was, um, I think it was a bit more of a different different game to watch, in my opinion, more so of a, being a fan and kind of a tactical standpoint. Um, I mean, you look at the stats here as far as they go. We only had three shots the whole game, which seems crazy. Um, considering that, I mean, we scored two goals in the first 20 minutes. Um, kind of, I'd guess sat in a bit a little bit, defended a bit more. Um, I wouldn't say it was a, a kind of a a clear win come the end, but I think we did well to get a result. And I know obviously Orange County aren't doing great this season so far. I think they're currently in eleventh still. Um, so again, they're always going to play play well against us. They had a new manager as well come in. The last manager got sacked, um, I think, last Monday too. So regardless. The Orange County games are always tough, um, but I think just to get that first win away from home was very important. And one thing we're banging on about all season was we hadn't scored a goal before the 40th minute um, in, I think, what, eight, nine games. And to get two goals in the first 20 minutes was kind of a, a nice change there. Um, but I just, uh, I wouldn't say a fully convincing win, but a, a win nonetheless, especially in front of a lot of fans too, um, which was great to see as well. I want to ask you about uh, a, a player on, on the loyal, uh, Tumi Moshaban, who uh, scored again the second match in a row. He's gotten uh, from the back of the net. Um, to me, and listen, I I barely know what I'm watching when I'm actually watching <laughs> the game. But to me, I feel like Tumi has really 
put on uh, a series of really, really, really quality performances going back to the Open Cup. What do you make of his uh, his run of late? It was tough. I know me and Dylan spoke about Toomey early on the season. And to be honest, I didn't think Toomey had a great start to the season. Um, and I think he can probably admit to that as well. I know kind of last year, he uh, kind of had spurts where he did well. Um, probably going back two seasons, I think, when he really had that kind of breakout year and um, being one of the top goal scorers. So it's been tough for him. I think may- maybe the fact that he's kind of been more rely- relied on up front too with the amount of injuries we've had recently. Um, obviously, we've had what Conway, Collier, both are injured and kind of been him and Ronaldo um, up top. So maybe kind of having more of that kind of um, pressure on his shoulders to get the goals there. And I mean, right now the goals aren't coming from Dharma, so they have to come from somewhere else. Um, but I think kind of him playing in that kind of the front two and not kind of being that one man in behind um, allows him to kind of be a bit more attacking and take a few more risks here and there. And again, I wouldn't say we've had too many players who look like they want to beat a man. I think we play very safe for a team. A lot of passing, and if there isn't a pass forward, we look back to play and kind of keep the ball. Um, I think Toomey's one of those guys kind of looks to run at defenders, takes a few more risks here and there, um, and it's kind of showing off um, here and there. So for Toomey, I think just kind of, again, taking risks, being being brave, kind of attacking, driving at defences, but um, it's tough for him too. Again, we, we kind of, we look at other players in the team, we always kind of look to play out wide. Um, when you've got guys like Darmus and Conway who, again, to some fans, may be kind of the key attacking players, Toomey come, kind of does fall behind a little bit here and there. Um, but I think now, kind of with those guys out injured, um, it's a great time for him to kind of make his kind of stake a claim in the team um, and show why he deserves to be playing. Yeah, John, I, I want to ask you: uh, Was there a, a player Saturday that that stood out to you? Hmm. I I generally, until the kind of sloppy mistake at the end, uh, I like Nick Moon's performance. He got in behind several times. And when he was getting in behind, that first touch that he had kept him moving forward with his speed behind the defender. He, we talk about being attacking-minded and taking people on. Uh, sometimes I feel Nick Moon does have a chance to go in there, and then he just kind of pulls back. And it might be because there's not really good option in the box, and we want to maintain possession. But this, this was a game um, that I felt I saw him really... Um, especially in the first half, take advantage. But there were there were a ton of people who played really well the first half. Uh, then I think having the lead, we kind of, we we changed a little. I, I think you always do as a team, as much as you may want to keep the front foot going. And it's just kind of natural to kind of say, okay, let's not make any silly mistakes. And you just, you just kind of pull back and go a little more defensive. But that was just off the top of my head. And maybe because I was there in the section and he's right there in front of me and <laughs> we see that happen. Um, but that was... That was one who who was standing up for me at least in the first half. Yeah, I uh, I know I, I kind of uh, teed up to me for for Max, so I'm gonna I'm gonna take another player and mention Joe Corona because, um, well, not only did he uh, score, but um, his play, uh, I think the last two or three matches he's put in significant minutes. Um, not only that, but he scored two goals in the Open Cup match. One of them. Uh, uh, like a world co- world class free kick, um, and then to to bury that penalty shot, um, something that the team has struggled with hi- historically. Um, I think that uh, he's really, really, really shown his class lately. And and even though he's getting along in his career, uh, I feel like he is clearly, clearly uh, cream of the crop in in USL. 
He's been, I, I mean, I think it's hard for Joe Corona to stand out sometimes because he's consistently good at what he does. And I think it goes unnoticed. It's not flashy. It doesn't really stand out. He's holds the ball well. He positions well. He tracks well. I, there's so much that he does well in the midfield that uh, it just, I, again, I think it's one of those things. I think Charlie Adams is the same way. I think they they get lost a little bit in the run of play when things are doing, things are going well for the team. And then you focus on who scored the goals or if it's defensive minded, minded, what the defenders are doing, if they make blocks or the goalkeeper makes saves. And I think a lot of times the people right in the heart of the midfield get, get lost a little bit when they have a good game because they make others look better. I think it comes into plays too, as far as kind of goals and assists are kind of very kind of sought after in America. And you look kind of, you look at players, and you think, well, this guy's not any goal, not going to goal, he's not going to assist. I mean, what's he really doing to the team? And again, it's more so kind of doing doing the quiet work, kind of the, the, the I would say more of the the gel guy, kind of keeping everyone together, um, or the glue guy. That's the one. Um, but again, obviously, recently stepped up, and I think it's it was tough to begin the season. I know we kind of had the the Colin Martin, Charlie. Um, Guido, Corona in the midfield. So it was very tough to kind of figure out who was going to be the key players in there. Um, and I will say Corona's kind of stood out. Uh, I think him and Charlie, for me, out of those four. Um, and I think recently, I think people were a little bit worried too that Corona didn't really have many goals to his game. Um, but obviously the last two games have kind of changed that a little bit. Um, but I do think he's kind of stepped up to be that leader. Um, and I, I would say it's been a bit disappointing on so far with Guido this season. Uh, I know he's still coming back from injury a little bit. So I think kind of Corona's having to fill another kind of place where we're missing maybe a little bit more talent um, here and there, but he's definitely stepped into that role well. Yeah, uh, he. so I'm going to kind of pivot into the uh, atmosphere of the game. And uh, I think Joe Corona is a great place to do that because um, so he scored the second goal of the night. Now, when Toomey scored, he went and celebrated with his coach which and his teammates, which is uh, totally understandable. Um, but after Corona drilled that penalty kick, I mean, and that penalty kick was just uh, a, an absolute rocket in the corner. Um, he ran over to where the visiting fans were and um, celebrated with the fans and the whole team came over and it was uh, quite a moment uh, on the road. You know, Orange County puts us right there on the field, basically. And uh, it's it's a closer experience than we get even at home in, in Torero. So that was really something. Yeah, I, I think Toomey was, well, because I'm giving him the benefit of the doubt. I think he was running over to section one because that's where we always are. And then he veered over <laughs> towards the coaches. <laughs> it was too late to make a turn and come back to section 13. <laughs> that, that, that could be it too, yeah. It was just nice to see the, the game from a different angle too, I think, obviously being that low to the ground, being that close to it as well. Uh, obviously, we love being in 109, the kind of atmosphere there, um, but just kind of watching the game from a different kind of viewpoint and, again, being a lot closer to the game. I think I was w- walking over to grab another beer in the first half and being like five yards away from Joe Corrin taking a corner. Um, it's, it's a bit nice to be that kind of a little bit closer to the uh, the atmosphere on the pitch. Yeah, I um, so Orange County, Great Park, where the Championship Stadium is, uh, just an incredible, uh, almost like a perfect USL venue. Um, I would give just about anything to have uh, to just carve that park up out of a Irvine and, and plop it down here somewhere because it's such a great place to, to watch a game. We always have 
lot of fun there, and uh, we always uh, show up pretty strong in numbers. Uh, John, what did you think about the uh, amount of loyal support Saturday? Oh, it's awesome. I mean, we had three buses that come up. We had people like myself who drove up there on their own and had tickets. And we had section was full. People were standing. Uh, we had some people in section 112 next to us who had bought tickets for that section because uh, 13 was sold out. Uh, we had people standing up at the top. It was it was a great atmosphere and a great crowd. I think that's why we, we joke about it being Torero North. Um, I have not rewatched the game until I usually go back and rewatch the games, but I've been a little, little preoccupied with other things in the last, you know, 48, 72 hours. Um, but from everything I've read and seen, it sounded like the, our, our sound came through from that section uh, quite clearly on the television. So I'm looking forward when I get a chance to finally go back and, and rewatch it, part of it. It did on several occasions. I did rewatch the match, but it really depended on which way the camera was facing. When the camera was panned toward where Orange County supporters were, you could hear their drums. And then when it panned over to where the side, the goal that we were near, um, it was us. So it seems to be a little bit directional with uh, where the camera's facing, which I think we get that at Torero quite a bit as well so but yes it it did come through pretty loud um one particular chant especially i guess if you know that if you're looking for it maybe it stands out a little bit more max did you rewatch the game i didn't know but i do know uh what you're talking about and to be um for the pa announcer to highlight a chant um at least we know someone's listening to us um but yeah, it was uh, it was good, and I think it was. I think it's it's fun at the end of the day. I know Orange County again. It was a lot of kids at the game, things like that. Um, so, but I mean, end of the day, I, I think we we. I mean, we we sounded great. Um, I'm still not quite sure why Orange County stick all the fans, um, in the very corner, in the corner of the ground. Um, yeah, seriously, it, it didn't seem. It seemed a little bit weird. It seemed like they were kind of uh, putting a little pulpit and kind of just pushed to the rear corner uh like, like cattle almost um so i didn't quite get that but yeah they, the, they the should atmosphere. absolutely be behind the goal i've never understood why they're they're there i, I mean I, I i don't know i don't i don't talk to their sg but i would imagine they've asked not to be there i would imagine that they have probably asked and um if the answer is no then it's a head scratcher because I mean, just the the pictures. You look at the photos that Loyal posts on social media every game day. I mean, 109 is featured very prominently. It 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 looks good. It it seems to really work for marketing your your product and uh, why you put them in the shade. You know, in the corner, just it seems really self defeating. I think it's tough too because the rest of the kind of space behind the goal was pretty much empty as well. I think that's what made it a little bit stranger too. I mean, there were all the all the guys in the kind of in the corner, and then the rest of the stand was was virtually empty too. So I think that kind of highlighted the the issue there too. So Eric Wilkie in the in the chat says they say they don't want to watch behind the net. Thanks, Eric. That's so funny because uh, you're not there to watch the game, uh, people. You're you're there to support <laughs> the team. What are you doing? I don't watch the game half the time. I'm playing. I play a drum. I don't, I don't. That's why I have to go home and rewatch the stinking game because I don't watch the game. I'm busy 
doing my job. What I, I mean, it's a, it's a labor of love. Don't get me wrong, but I'm not watching the game. And some people do watch the game. There's a whole lot of other sections around the stadium where you can just go to watch the game. But I feel like a supporter section, you're not there to watch the game. What's your take, Max? I'll be honest. If I was an Orange County fan the past two seasons, I wouldn't want to watch the games either, honestly. I was going to ask you, Max, that brings up a question for me because I know you go to the games. You do Bums Breakdown. You are looking for a tactical breakdown of what is happening in the game. How do you balance enjoying the game as a fan? Because you clearly are as well. And then, you know, doing the the breakdown part of it or thinking about the tactics as you're going. Do you, do you have to go back and rewatch the match really to get the breakdown and just enjoy it as a fan in the moment? Or, it's or are you more constantly so, thinking yeah. about the show? It's kind of mental notes too, kind of watching the kind of shape of the play and kind of making notes, whether it be my phone, kind of mentally um, watching at the same time. And um, I guess at those games, I'm pretty good at multitasking. Uh, my wife say otherwise. Um, <laughs> in my my home life, but I think it's sort of most of multitasking, watching the games back, and I think watching the games back from the kind of the the camera angle that we watch on TV, um, you can kind of watch the game a little bit better, and maybe some things you don't see directly behind the goal, you can kind of see on the other camera. Um, but I also do think being directly behind the goal, you see kind of a, a great view of the kind of field and the formation um, and how the kind of gameplay is going too. So it goes both ways, um, and maybe also with the, the TV camera angle, you can't see kind of every single player on the field as well. Um, but kind of going back to the OC stuff, especially being in the very corner of the stadium, you're not going to see very much at all, honestly. John, I want to bring back something. <laughs> I want to bring back something you said because I let it pass me by. You said okay. that we were acknowledged by the PA announcer. What was, what was that? Well, I think Max brought that up, but there's after our, our chant and everybody knows what we're talking about, there was an, an announcement made. I didn't hear it, probably because it was in the middle of the chant or something going on, but I went, I had gone up to the top to, I don't know, talk to somebody about something. You know, um, then someone had mentioned it, that the PA had come on and asked some, something to, uh, I don't remember how it was phrased or how someone phrased it to me, but not use offensive language, something along those lines. Oh, which, oh no. you know, happened a little bit before <laughs> the incident on the field. Yeah. Right, right. So that was number three, by the way. I, I apologize, Max, uh, for um, crediting the wrong person <laughs> with that astute. Yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm marking it down, each of these. Observation are... <laughs> there. So that's a, actually a good segue into the incident on the match because we did not get out of Orange County unscathed we will be without the services of one mr nick moon this saturday uh because he picked up a red card now this red card was later in the match but his uh first yellow i think this was his first yellow right the uh incident with Dunlos. during the incident yeah um i guess I'll, I'll, I'll go back to max max can you just briefly uh refresh people's memories what happened so from what I remember seeing, it was more of a case of, I think there was a coming together of two players, one, one San Diego lawyer, one Orange County. Um, one Orange County player ran over and actually believe he tripped over his own player um, on the way to the little scuffle. Um, 
and then it was kind of a, a, a big group of big heap of people came over. Um, and then obviously from our viewpoint, we didn't know what was going on. Um, then all of a sudden there was kind of a, a massive stoppage in play and uh, both teams kind of went off to their respective benches, had a, had a drinks break, what it looks like, um, and then continued to be there for about five to 10 minutes after that. And then play continued, but I don't think anyone had any idea what happened. Um, I think more so just a little scuffle on the pitch and a few yellow cards here and there for a few pushing and whatnot. Um, but obviously what we heard after what actually happened, I mean, it was very, obviously we could never have been able to tell what happened on the pitch from that. Um, but it, it's still crazy that stuff like that happens um, in this day and age too in a, in a soccer game. Right. Now, when I rewatched it, I, I specifically, you know, went to this moment because I wanted to see what had happened. Um, there was the, uh, a, this was a yellow card, actually. Uh, I think there were actually two fouls that preceded this because that's what they had to kind of sort out. But there was the, uh, there was one foul. Then there was the slide on Damus where he went flying. That was the second yellow for OC. Nick Moon came over and gave somebody a shove in retaliation for the uh, slide on Damus. And and that was his first yellow. And somewhere in the midst of this, you know, after he shoved the player, you know, the players run over. Somebody... uh, let's lose a, a homophobic slur um, that was apparently directed at, uh, I think Grant Stoneman, not even at, uh, at uh, anyone else. And, um, you know, a few of our players heard it and that's what took so long for them to kind of figure out um, was who heard it, who said it and what's going to happen after the match. No. So those players were pulled off. And um, substituted. And then, uh, yeah, of course, at the end of the match, Nick Moon commits another foul and picks up that red card. So after the match, Orange County did release a statement uh, saying that they're looking into this and that, you know, obviously language like that does not have any place in the game. Um, I don't know what it's going to take. Um, I You know, we've had this issue in the stands for years. Um, we've dealt with it in our own section uh, with uh, people trying to bring some more toxic parts of fandom into uh, Torero, and that's always been quick to get kind of snuffed out. But um, players on the pitch, you know, not much we can do about that. You would think that after all we've been through, uh, they would, you know, whatever whatever is in their hearts uh, for good or ill, you would think they would learn to kind of keep it in. But um I'm not, I'm not sure, uh, John, what are your thoughts on, on that? Well, I, I agree. I think, especially in this day and age, there's no place for it in our game. Um, but, you know, it, it takes time to, to kind of root that, those uh, habits, I, I don't know what else to call them, out um, from people. I, I do, I have a slightly different take, not so much of what happens in the game and when the incident happens is, is the aftermath. I, I think there's always a quick rush to cancel, drop the person from your team completely, like this, this thing to do like super harsh punishment and, and then the person's gone. And 
but to me, there's I, maybe it comes from being a high school teacher. I like to see something a little more restorative because I, I don't think you've you've solved the problem or helped with the problem in any way. If you just cut the person loose, the person might still be bitter and just go and do the same thing somewhere else. I I would ideally like to see. Yes, a suspension, and yes, but there's there's something they need to do to get themselves back on track and back on the field, hopefully with the idea of growing as a person, so they don't do this again later, and then they see things in a different light. I think a lot of times when we just like, that person should be gone, I don't want to deal with them. Okay, but in the bigger picture, I don't think that that helps other than tell people, you know, I guess the fear of don't saying it may stop people from saying it, but it may not change their attitudes. I'd I mean, like you can only something. do, you can only do so much. You got to so, only ask so much of, of certain people. Well, I, I think you, someone has the option, like, here's your path back if you want to take it. And if you don't want to take it, goodbye. But if you want to take it and you want to get back here, this is what you need to do to get back. Yeah, that's I'm, what I would like to see more of. Probably in in between that, because I, I feel like it, it all depends on the player's attitude toward the incident. Sure. Like, are they contrite? Like, it, exactly. like, they're like, "Hey, this isn't the way I talk. I don't know. I was ang- angry in the moment. Um, that's not me. That's not my heart. like." If if that is their kind of response to it then that's something I think you can work with. But if they're like, you know, F that, like, you know, all, sure. you know, if, if they're not contrite or, or whatever, then that, I think that definitely changes. the calculation. But I think that's part of the option of like, okay, this is what you need to do to work your way back. And if you choose not to do it, then goodbye. Like, okay. Then we're, we're parting ways. But I think sometimes we're super quick to just part ways without even the option of, of helping that person along in some way. And again, maybe that's the teacher in me, right? That looks at it. That I mean, can... there's also this thing happening in society right now where like trans people are literally under constant assault from legislate state legislators and, and discrimination is just worn on the sleeve. There's a lot of homophobia and transphobia just being kind of thrust into the mainstream. So like, we have our soccer bubble, but like there is this whole thing going on right now in American society, which a lot of people look at with a lot of, uh, I don't know what the right word is, but it's disconcerting to see uh, people like banning books and, and protesting YMCAs because, you know, they don't like somebody's identity. Uh, I, I think given that context, it's easy to understand why people are so quick to just say, uh, uh-uh, like you're out. Max, what do you think? It's a tough one. And I think you kind of look at kind of stuff's happened recently, especially in U S soccer. I know, um, going back to, I believe it was the New York rebels. They had a player who made a racist comment. Um, obviously no, not the exact same issue, but something similar. Um, and I think six game ban was issued and kind of that's that. And kind of, they seem to expect that, Suspension will kind of cure it, and uh, the fans will be happy with that. And I think um, more so, really, I wouldn't mind a, an admittance of kind of wrongdoing from the player, um, admitting that they made a mistake, and that they're going to kind of 
uh, improve from that and grow from that. Um, but uh, I think it gets to a point also too that kind of what needs to be done to kind of eliminate this from soccer and in, in as a whole and in general. Um, and a kind of especially in the day and age of social media too, I've seen a lot of comments about it. Um, people saying kind of why is it always Sandio loyal? Um, why are they always victims? Um, kind of taking the blame away from the actual player and moving it to someone else. And I think people a lot of the time look up to these kind of sports people, these soccer players. Um, and if they do something wrong, then they're kind of looked on looked at in a different way. They're kind of on this pedestal that whatever they do doesn't really matter too much. They're a soccer player, they're a sports player. Let them carry on, let them play. Um, but I think generally you look at kind of a, a team, a kind of a, a soccer team as a community as a whole. Um, and I think everyone within that team, whether you're a player, whether you're a kind of front office person, reflects as your team as a whole. Um, so whether it is a player, whether it's someone else doing that, it still doesn't make it any better or worse, really. Um, and obviously no Orange County, very kind of a community-driven club. So I'd imagine they're not happy with this at all. Um, and again, I know they said that they substitute the player out. So we know it's one of three players who made the comment, did this or that. Um, so I'm interested to see how they kind of deal with it. Obviously, if you not- watch the, uh, you watch, if you rewatch the game, it'll be very obvious <laughs> who they're yeah. pointing at. Um, and that's that, yeah, that's the thing too. It's it's a new manager in the club too. So I mean, obviously the guy was the assistant beforehand. So I'm I'm interested to see how we'll deal with that. And I mean, I'd imagine as a new manager, you kind of want to um, make a make a point of it to kind of stamp it out. Um, but again, regardless of what happens, I think there needs to be kind of a, a harsh punishment to stop it happening in the future, but also some kind of a, a mints of wrongdoing um, from the player too that kind of highlights that what he did wasn't correct. And he knows that not a case of a slap on the wrist, suspension, and that's that kind of sweep it under the rug, which had kind of happened beforehand. Yeah, no, I just want to be clear. I'm not for giving anybody a pass or just a slap on the wrist. I don't want anybody to misconstrue, misconstrue what I said. There should absolutely be a harsh and swift consequence. But I don't think that consequence in cutting the player necessarily in all situations should be the, the default go-to. I think there are options and opportunities to help a person grow and be better person out of the situation. And, you know... If the if the player is willing to take those steps, then I, I think there should be a pathway for that player to do that after serving the suspension and everything else. And if not, then get rid of them. Yeah, it's uh you know, I think the multi game is is probably somewhere in the neighborhood Max had mentioned that's probably the I mean, what else can you do like outwardly anyway, like you know suspending people is 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 that's what happens whenever you 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 mess up um i want to move on and and acknowledge uh uh the uh fair play in in north park who was uh hosting a watch party and uh even though we had a lot of fans up in orange county uh, i guess they had about six or seven tvs showing the game um and people were there to watch it. So uh, shout out to them for being great uh, watch party hosts. Yes. Yes. And then for you, you went on the bus, right? And I did. Max, I did. did both of you guys go on yeah. the bus? Okay. So I want to give uh, one, a big shout out to leadership and everybody for helping arrange that the team for helping cover the cost of the bus. So help lower the overall cost for our members to help, 
us provide the food and drinks. And then along the drinks lines, again, a huge shout out to Second Chance for helping us with the cost and keeping us hydrated on that long, <laughs> everyone long hydrated. Drive. Oh, thank and you. And along those lines, um, locals Erica and Trevor for helping facilitate a lot of that through Second Chance. So huge shout outs to all of them because as always, for anybody who's been on the bus trip, that is one of the, I think, highlights of the season for a lot of people to do the bus trip up to OC. It it, it sure is. Um, and it's um, it's too bad. I mean, it's I like the schedule this season. I do the way it worked out. We get to play every team. Um, but losing that second trip to Orange County, I think we had two trips up there last season. Um, that's, that's a bummer that we're only going up there the once. So, um, hopefully, uh, everybody made it count. <laughs> it was, yeah, it was, it was a good one. It was, it was my first away trip too. So it was good to get that out of the way as well. Um, but I think just the, this disappointing thing really is that we can't do that enough. And also we've got the Phoenix trip. Um, I know there's a few more teams up in Northern California, but I think it's primarily to make the most of these, uh, these close away trips as much as possible. So uh, it's not an away trip, but this Saturday we are all going to make a much shorter trip back to Torero Stadium. We have a match Saturday. Max, what can you tell? I mean, I don't want you to spoil your podcast, okay? So you don't gotta you don't gotta give me the breakdown, <laughs> okay? But if you want to maybe tease a little bit of what you're thinking about this Saturday's matchup. So Rye Grand Valley, they're a they're an interesting club. Um, I mean, if you watch any of their games, you'll the one thing you'll remember is how bad the uh, camera angle is um, <laughs> watching the games of that stadium. Um, but so far this season, they aren't doing great. They're currently sitting in tenth position in the Western Conference. They've only, only won one game so far this season, so um, not doing too much better than Orange County. Um, I think their only win so far this season. Let me have a look here. Um, they beat Detroit City, who most people seem to be beaten right now. Um, but again, they're, they're well, a hit I thought that was the best club in, in the USL. What, what happened? I mean, you'd, uh, you'd think so after the, the amount of flack that John Morrissey at USL Tactics got after he uh, released the preseason predictions. Um, <laughs> but it's, it's a tough one. I mean, right ground, they haven't got kind of any standout players, um, if I'm being completely honest. Um, they've got a few good players here and there. But you look at it, I think this should be without kind of being too optimistic, it should be a it's a must-win game. I know we've had a few injuries here and there, um, but you're looking at a team who have been in one game all season. Again, Orange County, you can kind of class them in the same boat, but Orange County were at home. They had a new manager bounce too, so completely different story here. Um, but again, like I said, every team in this league is decent. I wouldn't say there's any really bad teams in the league. Um, and honestly, I think that's kind of the best thing about watching the USL this season. There isn't kind of one team that, I mean, Maybe if you want to class Sacramento in that, um, having not lost the only team not to lose a game yet. Um, but every other team, I don't believe there's a massive difference from the top to the very bottom, which again makes the league kind of very wide open. Um, and uh, I think it'll be very tough come the end with the playoffs. But Rye Grand, they're not going to be the best team we play against. They won't be terrible. Um, but I, I would rank it probably around the Detroit City level um, as far as what we should expect. So we've played. RGV in the Rio Grande Valley in, I think it's in McAllen is where they play. I'm not sure exactly. I could be wrong there, but um, 
so you know in the or in the Rio Grande Valley, there's a lot of like small cities. They're all kind of next to each other. But have they ever played in Torero? Do you, either of you all know? They, I've got it here. We beat them last season at Torero two one. Um, okay, so they have been here. Yeah, um, but yeah, they're, they're not they're not a bad club. Obviously, they've they've got a nice stadium there too. Um, but it's uh, I think it's one we expect. I think we should be expecting to win that, and hopefully, with guys back from injury and stuff, we should be see a convincing win. But Again, you never know in this league. Do you think we'll get another uh, appearance of Xavi? Because his performance in the second half against Seattle, um, gosh, you know, last week on this on the same podcast, my little my little headline was you know play the kids because I felt like he showed everybody something in Seattle. I know there's a little bit of a logjam at that midfielder position, but. Um, Gosh, I would really like to see him on the field a little more. I hope so. And I, I think, obviously, watching him in the, the first Open Cup game versus Albion, he looked very good in the middle there. Um, I know sometimes the the main kind of issue with Xavi is that his height and his kind of stature isn't the biggest. Um, but I think also in the US, people kind of look for these big physical guys. If they're kind of 18, 19, they should at least be kind of six foot tall, kind of big and muscly and... Again, a lot of these kind of more smaller technical players um, do better in Europe. You look at kind of the a lot of Barcelona players, kind of these Spanish players who do have that smaller statue, a stature. Um, but I think he looked good there in the Seattle game. I'll, I'll be honest, I was shocked that he came off the bench um, in the second half when we were kind of losing the game. But honestly, he put on a great show, looked very good in the middle, kind of carrying the ball forward, being very risky, especially looked kind of played uh, many years above his age. Um, so I do think with kind of Guido still carrying a knock, Charlie, especially going off injured in the first half in the OC game. I, I hope we get kind of see more of him. And then also with the younger players too, there was another guy on the bench um, this past weekend, didn't make his uh, debut, um, but another guy to look out for. Um, I think it was Seagal, um, if I remember correctly, was his, uh, was his name. Um, so hopefully we see some more of the younger players. I think that was kind of an issue with last season. Now we kind of had CJ, um, Javi was kind of around the team a little bit. Obviously we have to round two, but there really isn't too many younger players coming through the academy yet. Um, but I do think that in the years to come, we hopefully see more of that. Um, and also Simba. I mean, Simba's only 20 years old as well. I think everyone kind of forgets how old Simba is. Um, so still there's a, a few younger players here and there. Um, but I do think we do get jealous a little bit of fans seeing kind of guys like um, the Josh Winder um, over at Louisville City. Um, good young player. And then looking at Charleston too with uh, Fidel Barajas, the 17-year-old who's kind of um, having a great season so far this year. So it's tough to kind of look at other teams. You want kind of good young players to be able to sell on, get some money in the future. Um, so. Okay. Let me mention another young player because I feel like if I'm, if I'm a manager, if I'm managing my FIFA franchise and I see RGV on the schedule and I've got, oh, I don't know, maybe a youth national team keeper sitting at the end of the bench and I want to get him some minutes, this might be the game to do that? What do you, any? It's tough. And I think if you looked at an outfield player, I could understand that a lot more. Um, with goalkeepers, I don't really believe. I mean, as a keeper, you don't like not playing um, because you're not going to get the opportunity to be subbed in later on in the game. And I'll be completely honest, I don't believe keepers need that much rest um, to be able to play consecutive games either. So if I'm Koke, I'll be a bit, a little bit annoyed of not playing this game, um, regardless if it isn't kind of the, the most important one. Um, but obviously, you know, for Duran, it's, it's tough as a goalkeeper to get that game time. Um, but obviously, I'd love to see him play. But also, you've got to think about Koke as well as, uh, 
I mean, we could play Duran all we want, but is that going to make Koke happy? Um, and to be completely honest, I think alone for Duran would be the best kind of way forward. Um, whether it happens this season, I doubt it. Um, but I think, especially at his age, he needs to be playing games. And I wouldn't say he's got the ability to be starting every single game for us. Um, but I do think uh, alone will help him the, the best. Um, which I mean, obviously, it's great to kind of for him to learn from Koke. Um, but having that game time, playing those games, is kind of what's key to his development. And I don't believe he's going to get that anytime soon for us. So maybe a, a USL League One, League Two loan, um, or even to Albion, will definitely help him. Um, but yeah, as a keeper, it's it's hard to really put him in here and there. And with Koke, I think Koke expects that every single game, play every game. Maybe not the kind of the additional cup games, but in the USL, we haven't really got those additional games where you can kind of put the youth players out as well. Yeah, um, I wanted to acknowledge uh, we do have a uh, legendary keeper in the chat right now, uh, Tony Sanchez from Two Balls and a Mic. Um, basically saying you're right, Max. So, okay, I'll stop agitating <laughs> for free, uh, but I do want to see Xavi. Okay, I'm gonna I'm sticking with my guns on Xavi. Play. I want to see the kids play, and um, I feel like you, you get a few opportunities to rotate them in matches and, and those that you those that you can I, I feel like you should but uh, nobody pays me to run uh, a soccer team so <laughs> <laughs> he's, he's done well I said Javi I think when he came on he's kind of I think he's definitely a lot better than people expect him to be um, but yeah I mean I don't think he's played in any league games so far this season I know he's played only in the cup games um, but I don't think he's looked out of place or at all honestly um, and especially with the amount of injuries we've had recently too. Um, I think giving him some more game time is going to help him massively. Yeah, and um, I, I wanted to – so uh, just going down the run down here, uh, Saturday, uh, which we have the RGV game. This is also the uh, – uh, there's a soccer clinic, right? No, this is June 5th. What is it? The 5v5 tournament is Saturday. My bad. The uh, that's number Correct. four, John, uh, on the on the tally there, um, racking them up. <laughs> I'm going to be in double digits by the end of the uh, the lounge. Um, so we've been talking about this five on five tournament. It's finally here. Um, that's Saturday uh, at USD uh, Manchester Field, which um, I believe is blue. Uh, last time I checked. Uh, sorry, <laughs> but. <laughs> um, uh, fifty dollars? No, you save fifty dollars. Well, that's 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 past. You got to pay full price now. You missed the early bird if you're trying to put a team together. Yeah, I'm not sure all the divisions still have room left, so you might want to double check the locals website or sorry, the loyal website um, to see. You know, check their their link up there if you're still interested in trying to get a team together. I still haven't had confirmation if we have anybody from locals or Chavos doing a team. So I think Chavos um, are doing a team. I, I feel like I that, saw that's it in what the I keep Discord. hearing. Yeah. So we'll see. Well, maybe we can get some people go out and support them ahead of time. So uh, we but... do have uh, after this uh, Saturday home game. I, I think we're on the road, and then we've got a bunch of road games. Right? We're we are going into bunch. a a dearth of home matches. So um, presents a couple of things. This is a night game also. So no sunlight. This is a great opportunity to come out, see what it's all about. Um, so really important for folks to come out this Saturday, because uh, after that on uh, the 20th, the 
match we are playing away at Miami FC. Um, and that watch party is going to be at Novo Brazil Brewing at the uh, – oh, I'm guessing we'll be back at the mall. We're not going to the actual brewery. The uh, Otay Ranch Mall. Um, we've had watch parties there before. It's a big place, lots of space. Um, the beer, it has alcohol in it. I'll, I'll give it that much. Um, Max, have you been? Have you been there? I haven't, no, but I'm uh, I'm looking forward to it. So, um, yeah, uh, it's it's a fun place to watch matches. I know um, Chavos have had several watch parties there um, when we've done the separate parties. So. Um, and it's also walking distance from my house, so I'm personally invested in <laughs> folks uh, coming down here for these watch parties at Novo because I don't have to drive, which is uh, very rare for people who live out here. <laughs> you have to drive everywhere. Um, so that's on the 20th. Um, and it's I, an ear- I'd like early to just match. add for that one. Yeah, it's going to be four o'clock kickoff for us you know, here on the West Coast. But we're trying to make that like we... A lot of times for our watch parties, we kind of split them out around the county. We're we're really trying to, although, hold on, I just see Jason put something in the chat that sorry folks will be determined. So I'm going to call this a flub. That's number five. Okay, five mistakes. I am once again uh, sharing fake news on the podcast. Um, But as always, when that happens, Jason is in the chat to tell me why I'm wrong. John, go ahead and tell so tell the I, folks. I'm going to put this on the screen for the people who are watching. Apparently, we had the the wrong information, so Nova will be 5:27, which will be the Oakland match when we're away up at Oakland, and 5:20 when we play Miami is still to be determined right now. So just hopefully by next show we'll have some more concrete information for the Miami watch party because I believe on 5:20 we're going to try to do. A big single place instead of being spread around the county. At all this season yet. Just saying, Jason, we haven't shown them the love. They showed us love. We haven't returned it uh, this season yet. So I'm just putting the the Cabrillos in your brain. I am giving you the inception on that for, for Saturday. I'm sure they'd love to have us. A couple other quick event announcements since we're kind of on event things a reminder that we do have a new rocket league uh season starting up may 22nd so if you want to participate in that contact kevin joseph you can either reach him through discord at k doughboy or on twitter at doughboy 767 so that new season starts may 22nd we're trying to run two teams this season instead of one like we did last season so Contact Kevin if you're interested in the Rocket League team. Keep uh, the date open, if you can, for the Pride March on July 15, because we're going to try to march with the Loyal again, get a big group together for the Pride March. And then a little later in July, just to get it on your radar, the ST Loyal Team Barbecue is coming up on Saturday, July 22nd, which should be our bye week, if I remember correctly. So we shouldn't have a game that weekend. All right. All right, John, is that all of the, I know we have another pod. We're going to do at nine o'clock. Um, I know folks are eager to hear all of our uh, pristine and hmm. well-developed and well uh, thought out thoughts on 
the possible MLS expansion in San Diego that uh, is coming up at nine o'clock uh, on the YouTube channel. Uh, listen, y'all, I, I know we've got some people in the chat now, but uh, if you haven't done so already, please like and subscribe to Bun TV. Uh, it really helps these these shows. It helps us out. Uh, I know John has a goal, uh, a subscriber goal, <laughs> to unlock some uh, superpowers in YouTube. Uh, we want to get him that Thanos glove of content. Uh, so please like and subscribe. And then, uh, you know, get. I know you've got six Gmails. I've got six Gmails. Go on each one of them and go ahead and subscribe. Listen, I'm not telling you to game the system. But listen, game the system. Let's get those numbers up. Uh, Max, uh, where can keep people find you, Max? Are you on Twitter? What's your, uh, what's your uh, handle? Twitter is just at Max Bristow. So I got on there nice and early. No numbers, no nothing. Just at Max Bristow. That's phenomenal. Congrats on that. John, where can people find you? Uh, best place to find me is on Discord at John Cross. All right. And uh, I'm on Twitter uh, still at Andrew P. Dyer, still looking for that Blue Sky invite. Uh, I, I don't know who I'm. I don't know who I'm asking. I'm asking everybody, give me the Blue Sky invite. I really want out of there. Um also on Discord, of course, and um, yeah, we will be back in about six minutes, and we will get into it. Thank you so much, and bye. Good night.